Hi, everybody. This is Nancy Miller for My Creative Life, the podcast about creatives, how and why they make the work that they do. Um, today, I'm very excited. I have Amy Houts. She is an accomplished writer of children's books. She has over 100 books that she's written for children. She writes for both faith-based and general market publishers. Amy's faith-based books include God's Earth is Something to Fight For, and that was published by Sunbeam and Imprint of Bushel and Peck Books. Hi, Amy. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I am honored. And this is a side note for those who are listening. Amy is um, somebody I connected with on Twitter. Super nice. I mean, I, I just can't say a wonderful thing. I hadn't even met you, but I feel like I know you, even though this is the first time we're actually uh, meeting. But Amy was so kind. She messaged me and said, hey, have you seen? I think you would be a good fit for this publisher. That was so heartwarming, Amy. You were so kind and generous. Thank you. I, I felt the same way about you. There was just something I love your illustrations, and I just connected with you on on Twitter. And so um, I'm... I'm just honored to be here and, and nice to get to know you a little better, too. Well, it is really my honor because um, you're just so accomplished. I feel like there's so many questions I want to ask such a highly skilled writer for the children's book um, publishing market. And it just like it's like you're a unicorn. How, you mean, like, seriously, you don't run into people who've had as extensive career and that like passion to write such a wide genre and I have to ask where did this writing bug come from where did it all start well it actually started when I was young um my mother had written a few magazine articles and um a picture book with her friend when I was young when I was growing up and so um and she had majored in English and taught preschool and I really hadn't thought about becoming a writer until I was grown and had a, a baby and I was at home and I just wanted to do something for fun. I, When I was young, I really just wanted to be like my mom and be a, a teacher. And I was a preschool teacher for a few years, but writing, I'm much more suited to being at home and, and writing and being by myself because I'm, I'm quite an introvert. <laughs> So um, also uh, some of the other reasons that I became a writer was because it was something I could do, I could start without having much of an investment. I mean, all I needed was a pen, you know, paper actually started on a typewriter. That's how old I am. <laughs> um, but then computers, soon, uh, I soon had a computer. And the other reason is because my parents, my mom had been a preschool teacher for many years, and my parents started publishing a newsletter for parents of preschoolers. And I had been to cooking school for a year after high school. I thought I wanted to be a, you know, like a chef, and I did work in a restaurant for a year, but I decided that really wasn't for me. But they did ask me to write a cooking column for preschoolers. So when my daughter was, when our older daughter was young, I started cooking something with her and then writing about it. And so I, I wrote this cooking column called Preschooler in the Kitchen for 12 years. 
And that was kind of what started me into um, not only into the discipline of having to write something every month, but also realizing how exciting it was to see my work in print, how much fun it was to have an experience and then write about it. And that was really the way that I got started. And that was when our older daughter was little. And now I have grandchildren. She has children, my grandchildren. So it's been a while. This is amazing. But you had such variety in the kinds of writing. So, and I apologize, this, you know, um, kind of segues into our second question, but it's a little bit different. But I was wondering, like, you then tried different things. Like, how did you know you wanted to write in these other genres? Or, uh, I mean, even you did IP writing. I mean, this is just fascinating. It blows my mind. Like, can you talk a little bit about when you jump to these other like types of writing? Sure. Um, well, my writing has evolved over, you know, it's been 30 plus years. And so, um, yes, I started out with cooking and nonfiction. I also, my actually, my first poem was called The Five Senses of Christmas, and it was published back in the 80s. And um, and that was the first thing, you know, that my mom and dad had not published. So that was really exciting. But I um, I did try, I did take some courses through adult education, um, through college. And so I tried a lot of different genres. I really didn't know that writing for children was going to be my favorite thing in the world. And so I did um, one course I took every week. We had to write either a play or a short story or, you know, or a nonfiction article. And so I explored and really took the time to see what I was best suited to do. Um, and finding that age group was was something that um, that did take time. And, and even though I've written, I've written for young children all the way up through high school, but really that young, the younger age group, the preschool through early grades, like first and second, that's, that's my favorite age group to write for. I, I have a few things that are for older children, but that's really where my, um, you know, teaching preschool and I really feel like I can connect with the younger children. And so um, that was kind of a natural um, progression, I guess, in my writing to realize that. But it did take several years. And another thing that I did was I wrote to publishers and asked them, do you give assignments? And so that was kind of the way I started way back, like in the uh, 90s. There was a publisher that I saw in Walmart, and it, it, they were called Dalmatian Press. And I, I was buying some of their books and just thought they were so cute and, and fun. And so, and they had a, an address on the back page. And I mean, I think it was for kids to write to them, but I used that address and just said, you know, I really love your books. Do you need writers? And that was the way that I wrote. I wrote five books for them. And that was the way I started writing on assignment. 
And most of my work has been on assignment. In fact, I haven't been, I've been somewhat successful, but not very successful with my own freelance writing. So like the majority of my 100 plus books were written either for educational publishers or general market publishers where they they give me the word count, the subject, the, you know, the page numbers and all of this information. And then I go ahead and, and sometimes the, the turnaround is very quick. Like they might give me a week or a month to go ahead and write that story. And sometimes it's fiction, sometimes it's nonfiction. And so I would say from the year like 1999 and all the way up till now, um, the majority of my work has been where they give you, you know, five books about a certain character or five books about a certain topic. And so it really adds up and it's a different type of writing than writing what you want to write, but it, it's also very, um, it's very, very fun, but in kind of in a different way. So, um, yeah, I, I see those as two, two different aspects of my career, my freelancing and my assignments. Oh, you're so disciplined though, because you, if you are the type, you've honed your craft so well that you're able to execute, like it blows my mind in a week or even a month. It takes me so many months, years to get a story like that. That really, wow, that, that says a lot about the effort and the time that you've put into it to be able to go like that to me that's the way it speaks so that's amazing it can be stressful but I mean first first when you get the assignment you're super excited and then you have the, and I still get you know imposter syndrome and then you just have to work past that because you have this deadline and you just can't think about that so and then you get it done and you're like wow I did that and so every book is still, there's still lots of doubts that I have and still um, lots of struggles, but but it's still lots of fun too. So um, yeah, it's all the feels. Wow, that's amazing because you've written so much to hear somebody who has had such a long career to hear that you even have imposter syndrome and I really appreciate your honesty about that have you found and I apologize not in the questions that I originally sent you but what have you you know I guess some of it is just instinct was there anything early on because um that you did to help you get over that hurdle of that imposter syndrome or things that you might do to um kind of work through that well I, there is a creative process and when I'm, when I'm having doubts, I do more research or when I'm having doubts, I, I look and see, I look back and say, you know, I've done this before. I can do this. Um, I try to focus more on the work itself and I go through, um, you know, I have a process that I Sometimes I just write through and try to get the story down, or sometimes I 
go ahead and do a lot more reading. So, you know, there are ways that you can push past it. And sometimes when that, in the interest of time, you just don't have a lot of time, you know, to, to spend on that. So, um, but it does, it does come up with just about every assignment. Can I ask, um, sorry, it's not on the questions again, but it's okay. The, the stories that you have actually personally were, you know, self-directed all the way through as far as the beginning and the end, how is that different in relationship with the assigned work? Is that just you have more time or? Okay. Like, well, I'll talk about my, my newest book, um, God's Earth is Something to Fight For. I wrote that in... Uh, I think it was 2020 or 2019. And, you know, when it, because it was my work and something that I wanted to spend time on, it took me a long time to figure out what is important enough for me. What am I, what is like, not only what is important, but what will sell, what do I think will sell? Because I've written lots of stuff that hasn't sold. And, um, and what like in the world right now is needed that I connect to. And so, um, what, when I decided to write about climate change, part of it was because we have, because of our grandchildren, we have twin, uh, boys. And at that time they were seven and then our granddaughter was four. And so I kept thinking like, what type of world are we going to leave for them? And Toby, one of the one of the boys, he he was especially worried about climate change at his age. And I kept thinking, he shouldn't be worried about that. Like, what did I worry about when I was seven? You know, nothing, nothing about the world, you know, and the storms and what, um, you know, what kind of world is there going to be when when they grow up and so that was one of i guess that was a really strong motivator for me and when i wrote this when i wrote this book um it was because one of my editors had, had actually posted on twitter that she was looking for a biography of greta thunberg the climate activist and she was looking for a picture book. And so at first I started doing research about Greta and I just couldn't figure out a good way to, to make, um, to write a biography about her. And so I just kind of put it away for a few months, and, but I couldn't stop thinking about it. And so then I thought maybe instead of just writing a book about Greta, I would write about the climate and the changing climate. And so I, I, um, Sometimes I get like kind of a rhythm of how I want the words. I'm not an artist or an illustrator at all. So it's all about language for me. And I reread a childhood favorite um, called A Friend is Someone Who Likes You. I don't know if you've read that one, but it's very sweet. And it was very popular when I was little. And it's very a very simple way to talk about friendship. And so I reread that book and I just love the rhythm of the book. And so if you think about my title, God's Earth is Something to Fight For, 
I got the title from A Friend is Someone Who Likes You. And my book originally was not uh, faith-based. And so it was called The Earth is Something to Fight For. And when I had a professional critique done through SCBWI, the editor told me she liked it. And she said it was close to being ready, but there, the market was just glutted with climate books and that. And I said, well, what about a faith-based climate book? And she said, well, that hasn't been done. And so I changed it. And, and I love writing about um, concepts for young children through, through the lens of my faith. And so I changed it and um, added some Bible verses and added, you know, changed the title. And, and I still have the back matter with, you know, reducing your carbon footprint. So it's kind of like a combination of science and faith. And when I submitted it um, to two different publishers, they both liked it. And one, one of them though brought it to marketing and the marketing said it wouldn't sell but Bushland Peck said they really liked it they asked for a, a revision they had someone in the climate faith-based climate world read it and give me some feedback which was so valuable and he said to add more bible verses and he he um he had some other really great suggestions and that was the revision that they went ahead and gave me a contract and so like the process it took a couple of years actually at least a year before I got the other contract and so I think it takes a lot of uh, not only motivation and persistence but also faith that this is what you're supposed to be doing because it does take a lot of time so the pro you know the process for that was totally different than here's your here's your contract this is what we want you to do and this is the time you have it have to do it you know they it can't you can't really have that evolution of um you know this is how it started out and this is how it ends up after a year because you don't have that time oh, that's amazing and when you I also wanted to ask you because you've done extensive um, books in nonfiction, and that's something I'm also starting to get into into the nonfiction writing. Um, like, and were those on assignments? And do you approach a nonfiction story more um, a different process? Um, and just a little bit on that would be great. Okay. Yes, um, on assignment, I've written about half and half fiction and nonfiction. Now, for young children, um, it's easy to research because the word count can be, I mean, I've written word count 100 words or, you know, under 500 words. And so it's a lot easier to keep everything in your head. You know, some of these people that write for older kids, and I have written some for older kids, you know, the the pile of, um, and I do print out my research because if you have research online, the link sometimes won't continue to work or, or maybe you'll be fact checking. Somebody will be fact checking you like a year after you've turned in your work. Okay. And so you need to have that hard copy, which I, I 
I don't like wasting paper, but it's really not a waste because you have to have all your facts. And um, one thing that one of the guidelines is you have to have three, um, three sources for each fact. And so um, in order to, and they have to be, you know, reliable sources, which is like an edu or a .org or, um, you know, once in a while you can use an encyclopedia just to get some background, but most of it has to be, you know, a, a university, a museum, um, a reliable news source like PBS or, or some other, or NPR, some, you know, some mainstream news source. And so, um, when I'm doing nonfiction, I'll, the first thing I do is the research. And once I, once I get done with my research, I either have like an outline in my mind, or I do, I do a kind of a rough outline, or sometimes I do like a spider web that's connecting everything. And then I do my writing. And so the, when I do fiction, it's very, very different because I might read more about the genre. Like if somebody says, you know, we want a fairy tale, then I might read a lot about, I've retold. One of my assignments was to retell 60 fairy tales. And so, and there were five to 10 due every week and we retold them for young children to, um, you know, to help them learn how to read. And so then you're just doing a lot of reading about fairy tales and rewriting and trying to make the language very simple. When I've written on assignment for nonfiction, a lot of times they want the outline first. They want to see an outline. And my mind just doesn't work that way. I have to write the book and then do an outline from the book, which seems really backwards but that's the way that it works for me. And when you're working for young children, you can do it that way because it's shorter. And is that, is that helpful? Oh, just think through what, what else I've done for nonfiction. Amazing. No, I've been taking notes as you've been writing, so I didn't know if you saw me looking down. It was because I'm really fascinated and then I wrote these notes down. And it is so helpful because... I, um, yeah, I mean, there are topics as an art teacher that I find fascinating and I feel like, oh, I haven't seen a book about this and I, and it's in a nonfiction area and I go like, oh, and so those tips that you provided are wonderful. I mean, things that I had not thought of, like the broken links, I was like, oh, that's really smart. I didn't even think about it because it does take so long and and the span of really in publishing, because it moves at a different pace um, than a lot of other industries, like two years uh, or so is not a long time in the life of a book. And um, and a book could be out there for decades or longer. And so, um, but this is um, so helpful. And uh, yeah, and on the fairy tales that you did, um, so... You must be so organized. I'm just like, I'm I'm just like, to have that many, how did you manage your, like, um at that time, how did you manage, or even back when you first started, because you talked about your daughter and your family, like, how do you manage a work-life balance? How do you block 
do you block out time? What do you do to make it so those things were made? And well, right now, um, I don't have kids at home. That makes it a lot easier. When when my when my our children, we have two daughters that are grown, three grandchildren. But when they were young, it was hard to to find that time to write. And so my husband and I discussed um, me. I did work, but I worked part time and he supported me in that. And so that on my days off while the while our daughters were in school, I was able to dedicate that time to writing. And I'm and I'm very fortunate that I was able to do that and that I had the support to do that. Um, even though maybe we didn't, you know, we had to maybe just make some decisions that maybe we wouldn't have made or or maybe not have, um, you know, saved as much money as we needed to. But but I I just felt like that was more important than having some of the material things that maybe we could have had if I would have had a full-time job. The thing that right now, um, right now I'm very fortunate too to be able to spend full-time writing. And, and so when I wrote those 60 fairy tales, I would, that was three years ago. And so I was still, it was, I was still in this stage of my life where, where our kids, you know, are gone. But I do have some other things that, that take time and commitment. And so what I need to balance now is, um, well, our grandchildren live two hours away. And so we like to go see them once a month. And, and that takes time. You know, we, we, spend a long weekend with them and I always bring food and, you know, and there's always some things to prepare to get ready for that. I also have a 92-year-old mother who lives four hours away. And so we do try to go visit her. And then every day we talk on FaceTime. And that's something that we've been doing um, for almost a year now since she moved into a senior living center. And I really enjoy it, but it does take, you know, it takes a chunk of time out of my day, but I wouldn't, you know, that's something I really love doing and she loves it too. And I love having that connection with her. The other, um, the other thing is I have lots of food allergies. And so I, I have to bake my own bread, make my own mayonnaise. Um, I'm allergic to several different foods. And so I, and I do a lot of cooking and I've written a few cookbooks too. So I, I enjoy cooking and baking, but I'd rather be writing about cooking than actually cooking. Um, and then I, I'm involved with our church here in, um, in Maryville. And so I have some commitments there of things that I volunteer to do. And so my, my, my stage of life now has is a different kind of work life balance than I had when our when our daughters were young, but it's still, um, and I do have lots lots more time than I did back then. But I still do have um, things here, and I should mention too, I my husband, um, I love spending time with him. He's working part time now, 
he used to teach science and math, but now he's working part-time and working remotely. So we're both home and we both take coffee breaks at the same time. We eat lunch together and then we go back to our separate rooms. But, um, you know, and so that takes time too, but something that I wouldn't have any other way. Well, and I think, you know, because I, um, I think that it probably offers you a rich, you know, richer fabric of life, these interactions you have, and it right. can lend itself to the storytelling that you do. Um, because, you know, and of course, that time with your grandkids, I'm sure you wouldn't trade that for the world. Because, yeah. like, you know, it's um, so much fun. And so, yeah, I think uh, I, I've, when I've talked to people, I said, there's like different seasons of your life, I think. And so how we distribute our time we all have the same amount of time and you know the things that we want to do that are important they you know they deserve that time and family is definitely a huge you know big part of that so and and also I found they're less mad at you when you spend your time away in your in your room you gotta you know you gotta show up and things like that because uh that's uh was hard for me when I um, started doing more um illustration and writing especially with the writing I, I definitely say that that is a lot harder than I think people think it is. It's, yeah. So thank you for your honesty about that. Um, and I was wondering um, if you could go back in time to your younger self and give yourself some advice about this creative path that you were choosing to take, um, what would that be? Well, you gave me these questions a while ago, and that was the one that I just, I had a really hard time trying to figure that out because there are things I've told myself over the years. Um, like early on, I had a writing teacher who told me, keep working, keep trying, you'll do fine. And I've told myself that over and over. But if I could go back in time, I guess... You know, and I still have doubts sometimes, but I think I would tell myself that it's going to be harder than you thought. It's going to have, you know, you're going to have some wonderful things happen and some really kind of devastating things happen, but that it's all worthwhile and just, you know, don't doubt your path, I guess, even though I still do sometimes. Which, I don't know. I don't know if that, how helpful that would have been. I guess I, I guess just knowing it's happening, like it's going to happen and that it's going to take more time and heartache than I thought it, you know, than you might think. And, you know, just like enjoy the journey. Thank you. I appreciate your honesty. And is there anything you're currently working on that you could kind of share with us um, behind the scenes? If not, that's okay. I understand a lot of times, you know, you got to keep it quiet. But if you... Well, I am working on another... And uh, um, the book that I wrote for Sunbeam Bushling Pack was freelance, where I, I sent it to them. They didn't ask me to write it. But since then, they've asked me to write three books on assignment. So I've gotten two of them done and that was earlier this year. And this week I have a, a book that needs to be 
um, I'm just going to work on it every day, all day, all night thing to try to get it done because they, they wanted, um, they wanted to, you know, to get it done as soon as possible. I, I really can't share any more than that, except it's, it's really fun and exciting for me. So, um, and I'm also doing something for our church. We, we work with the food pantry, the ministry center, where um, they offer food to people who are in need. And so someone said that there there's some food there that people don't know how to cook. Like, you know, like there's dried beans, there's, there's different food every month, kind of a, a focus on some different food. And so I've been writing recipes and we've been printing them off and then just giving out free recipes to the people that are there. So we do one or two a month. And so that's been good. And I'm, I'm hoping to like collect them all into a, into a book. And, and so that's really focused on the food that they get from the food pantry. Wonderful. Where can people, since this is just a podcast and, um, no one can really see anything. Where can they go, Amy, to find more about you and your work? Sure. Well, you can go to my website, which is amyhouts.com. And that's my first name, Amy, A-M-Y. And my last name is H-O-U-T-S.com. You can connect. I'd love to connect with people on um X, which used to be Twitter, Instagram, or Threads. It's just at Amy Houts. Or you can do a Google search on Amazon or do a Google search or like an Amazon search with just my name and my books will, will pop up. So, um, and if anyone does have my books or especially my newest one, I would just love uh, if you could write a book review that would be like the best thing that you can give to an author to help elevate their book and to help other people know, know about it. I'm hoping this new book will really make a difference. Well, Amy, thank you so much for your time today and answering um, all my questions. And I wish you continued success for a, a hundred more books um, <laughs> to add to uh, your credentials. But yeah, you're, you're well on your way. And um, so... Thank you, everybody, for listening to My Creative Life. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye.